Welcome back to Kimmy on the Road Again. I'm your host, Kimberly Walter. I'm excited to bring you along on my first international trip since the lockdown. Destination, Latin America. I'll be giving you the tips and tricks to navigate travel in South America and maintain your sanity while crossing those international borders during the COVIDs. So here we go. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kimmy Travels Podcast. This is episode two of Kimmy on the road again, hashtag Kimmy Otra. So if you tuned in to part one, you know that I jumped off the start of the trip in Asuncion, Paraguay. So this is the story of how I left Asuncion and made it to my second destination. Did you guess correctly? All right, well, I left Asuncion mysteriously in the night. So the bus left the terminal at midnight, headed in the direction of Brazil. So did you know that Paraguay, Brazil, and Argentina all meet together and share a border? Well, I didn't either until this trip. So it's really easy to kind of move between um, those three countries and cross the borders. So the journey by bus from Paraguay to Brazil was only five hours. And the idea with the night bus is that you just sleep through it. <laughs> and that's what I did. I slept most of the way. And actually, when we got there, I was like, what? That's it? I need at least two more hours of sleep. But OK, I was up. Um, the bus. I am kind of a fan of night buses because you can kind of like go to sleep and just like wake up in your destination if they're comfortable, you know. Some buses are better than others. So this one was not that bad, but it wasn't great either. Usually they have internet and although it was advertised, there was no internet. Dang. And then there was some, I don't even, it was a double decker. Was that my first time on a double decker? But anyway, I can't really remember. It was a double decker. I was on the upper deck and, but there was some, some weird like black box, like in the overhead bin that was rattling. And buses, the journey, you know, it's bumpy. So anyway, um, that was there, <laughs> very present. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm quite tall. I'm six foot one. And the woman in front of me decided that she needed to recline all the way back, which, of course, is her right. Okay. Oh, but I really, you guys, I'm team not recline. On an airplane, if it's not like a long international flight, I don't recline because I know how uncomfortable it is to have somebody like in your lap. And that's basically what happened. On these night buses, they recline a lot more than, for example, than a seat in the airplane. So her head was literally in my lap, which meant I didn't have, and it takes away your leg space. And I'm all legs. I'm like three quarters legs and then like a little bit of torso. <laughs> So that was nice. So we've got the black box uh, rattling away. This woman in my lap says so like, you know what? I always travel with earplugs and an eye mask. Sometimes the best way to kind of get through uncomfortable situations is just to sleep through it. So uh, earplugs in, eye mask on, me sleeping and boom, I am in Brazil. Actually not Brazil. I can't remember exactly what happened, but with the bus ticket, um, somehow it, oh, the bus was full. So we went to the border town, which is Ciudad del Este. And it, it's only like 15 minutes, if that, I don't even think, okay. From the bus terminal. Yes. 15 minutes from Paraguay to 
Brazil. So um, uh, hopped in a taxi to cross the border. We arrived at the hotel. And unfortunately, you know, the check-in time's not till much later, but they were kind enough to let us keep our things behind the reception. So we're just sitting in the lobby. And really at five o'clock in the morning, nothing's open. There's nothing to do. <laughs> so um, I took a, like a walk around the block just to kind of see where things are because there were things to do, y'all. Because we arrived um, that early and there's not really a lot of border checks in Brazil because their president is just like, COVID, what? Mask mandates, what? Vaccines, what? It doesn't matter. Come on, move freely. There actually, there wasn't a checkpoint. You could just go through freely, which is what we did because it was 5 a.m. And it's like, you know, luggage, whatever, let's just get to the hotel and then, you know, restart the day at a reasonable hour. So things didn't start to open up around until nine o'clock. So at 9 a.m., uh, we went directly to the money house just to change for Brazilian reales. And then the entry requirements, because when you're traveling in the COVIDs, you have to stay on top of the entry and exit requirements. I know I said it in the first episode, but it's so important and things are always changing and you don't want to misstep. So change the money, check. We went to a pharmacy because to enter, you need a PCR test. So the way that they did it there in, in what is it, Iguazu de Fos, um, <laughs> because I speak Portuguese now. <laughs> so you pay for the test at the pharmacy, they give you a little receipt, and then you take that to the lab. So Ubered it over to the lab to get the COVID test. And you guys, have y'all had the COVID test? It's not painful. It's just, it's really uncomfortable and not something that you want to keep doing, but I, I'm doing it. So this lab, they put the swab up both nostrils. So it's just like uh, shock to the left, uh, shock to the right. Um, but the results were back quite quickly, just like three or four hours after. Um, so to cross the border, you need uh, to have that proof of the negative PCR test. So what um, the objective of the morning was to get everything in order to go back across the border into Paraguay, once again, <laughs> to come back into Brazil <laughs> with the correct, you know, papers or whatever. So once we had money, we had a PCR test, uh, filled out their application, their online form, we took a taxi uh, to the border and then walked across. So there's a bridge, it's called like the Friendship Bridge, and you can like walk across the border and they have immigration offices on both sides. So we just walked over to uh, Paraguay. There's no like control um, either way. You just, you stop if you want to. If you don't, like when we took the taxi, we just crossed. Um, but usually you don't, what, what could happen? So imagine if we hadn't gotten the exit stamp and we go back into Paraguay, they're like, oh, you've been here the whole time. <gasps> no, no, no. It's just because I went to Iguazu, but then I didn't get the stamp. Okay. To avoid all that, just do, do the things that you need to do. So going back into Paraguay, walking across the Friendship Bridge, we went to the immigration office on the Paraguayan side to get the exit stamp. Boom. Okay. Turned around <laughs> and walked back across the bridge into Brazil to get their entry stamp. Boom. Show them the papers, whatever you've, you know, done to their requirements to get back into the country. So once that was done, I would say it was probably 12 o'clock. 
which was, no, it was before 12 because we got to the hotel and they were like, oh, you still have to wait for, before you could check in. And we were just like, oh my God, this was the longest morning ever. But they were kind enough to let us pop into the breakfast because they'd started serving breakfast. They're like, yeah, it's okay. Help yourself, you know, relax here until your room is ready. So by 1230, we were finally able to go up into the room and it's like, okay, let's plan the day. So this trip, it's so funny, um, <laughs> is planned, but like not really planned. <laughs> it's like, this is where I'm going to go. What are you going to do? I'll figure it out when I get there. Um, so my main concern is just having all the requirements to get into the place. I'm not like a super duper Excel spreadsheet uh, vacation planner. I like to like get on the ground, talk to people, see what's what. But of course, the main objective was to see Iguazu Falls. Yes. Um, if you go, you're going to have to book in advance and online. So it seems that the park is doing their part with COVID, there's only like a certain number of entries allowed per day, which is why it's better. You can just book really a day in advance. It was enough. But on that day that I arrived, I wasn't able to go directly to the park, which was fine because there are so many things to do in Foz de Iguazu. So for this day one, once, you know, hotel, food, whatever was all finished, um, we decided to go on a tour of the Itapu Dam. Now, you might be saying, I don't want to see a dam, but this isn't just any dam. This is the largest operational hydroelectronic energy producing asset in the world. That is a quote by Wikipedia, by the way. <laughs> so this dam is located in the, in the river between Brazil and Paraguay, like that friendship bridge, you know, that's crossing part of the river. And the power from this dam supplies 90% of the electricity to Paraguay, which, wow, right, in and of itself, that's pretty impressive, and 15% of the power to Brazil. Brazil is a humongous country, so, I mean, that's also pretty impressive. So if you're thinking, I don't want to see a dam, hey, maybe you do. It was pretty cool. So day one finished in the books and preparing for Iguazu Falls the next day. Um, there are lots of options to get to the falls. There are tours that you can do, like group tours, private tours. You could just go on your own. Um, so many options. So depending on your travel style, you'll decide the best way to see the falls. I'm not like a huge fan of group tours because sometimes it can feel like a bit rushed. So it's like, okay, everybody go here, take a picture. Boop, do, 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 do. Um, and then of course there's quite a, you know, a price difference between like a private tour. Um, so I think I chose kind of a, a happy medium. I took a private car <laughs> to Iguazu Falls and then, you know, did the tour on my own. So, um, this actually turned out to be like a blessing in disguise. Um, this private, uh, driver that, uh, took us to, to the Brazilian side of Iguazu Falls. So I don't even really want to say it's a debate. It shouldn't really be a debate, but the falls are on the Brazilian side and the Argentine side. So some people will say, ah, oh, it's better in Brazil. No, it's better in Argentina. It's different and they're both totally worth it. If you have time, you must make a way to do both sides. So 
on the Brazilian side and everything is so like organized and just really efficient and it was a great experience. So the weather that day, I guess luckily, was like a clear blue day, beautiful sky, hot and humid. <laughs> That's all I could say. It's hot and humid. So the bus, there's a bus that kind of takes you up to a starting point. And then you get to walk um, at your own pace and just view the, the, the falls. It's kind of like, imagine like, I don't know, the Pacific Coast Highway if you're in California, where you're just kind of driving along and there's just this beautiful view. And you're like, ooh, ah, except for you're not driving, you're walking. So you're walking along like the path and you get to just see the falls. And literally around every corner, you are going to be ooing and awing. That's really all you can do. It's one of those places where the views are so spectacular, right? where you don't believe it. You don't even believe your own eyes. And if you've ever seen pictures of Iguazu Falls and you're like, ah, that can't be true. You guys, it's totally true. <laughs> the pictures aren't edited. You know, you're going to get, because of the, the moisture in the air, you're going to get like a beautiful rainbow if you're lucky. And on that day, oh, we were so lucky because we saw a beautiful rainbow and oh, the falls and oh, oh, oh. That's all I can say. It was just so gorgeous and so spectacular. Um, I'm going to share photos and videos of, of that so, you know, so that you can see. So the biggest difference between the Brazilian side and the Argentinian side is from the Brazil side, you're looking at Argentina and most of the falls are over there. So you get to see them, right? It's like, wow, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It's just... I mean, I, I know I keep saying spectacular, maybe I need a new adjective, but it really is. <laughs> so, and there's only one path. So on the Argentinian side, you have, it's bigger, you have many, many different paths, um, but the views, because you're on the side of most of the falls, you're more in the falls, not like looking at them. That's why, although they're different, they both have like some advantage, right? So you can see it and then you can be in it. You just have to cross the border, <laughs> except for, it's not that easy. <laughs> All right, so um, after, you know, walking the path and like getting all the pictures, taking in all the views, uh, we had also booked, we also booked um, a boat tour, I guess it's called the Makuko Safari. And what this is, is you get to walk through the jungle. You guys, when I say it was like hot and humid, <laughs> these are capital H's. Okay. So this was a sweatish, sweatish, sweaty day, but it doesn't matter because literally everyone is just dripping in sweat. Which is why if you do the Makuko Falls uh, Safari ride, do it after you, you know, you walk the path on the Brazilian side. Um, because what it is, it's like, what's that called? Splash Mountain. You know, like if you were at Six Flags or I don't know, Disneyland and you're in that little log boat and then it like, boom, hits the water and you get like a little sprinkle and wow, that's so much fun. It's like that, but like times a hundred. I was not prepared. So from the flyer, it looked as though you're going to get in a boat, you're going to like get up close to the falls and you might get wet, you know? No, 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 no. <laughs> Drenched. 
So this is one of the good times where, this is one of the times where it's good to kind of be a sheep. Just look at what everybody else is doing and follow along. People were in swimsuits. Guys just straight up took off their clothes. <laughs> People had no shoes on. And I was like, ew, the COVIDs. I'm not like walking around barefoot. I don't know where these people been. Um, they're selling these like, I don't, they're not even raincoats. It's just like a poncho, right? Um, protective gear. So I was like, okay, something is about to happen. And we could see the people that were coming off of the safari. And I was like, they are completely drenched. <laughs> okay. I'm going to need a locker. So they're selling, you know, lockers where you can keep your stuff. So I decided to take off my shoes, but to keep my socks on. Of course, I'm team fanny pack. I put that in the locker and then my camera. I was like, I definitely don't want my camera to get wet, but I had my little GoPro and my cell phone. Cause I was like, can I take my cell phone? And of course they're selling everything that you're going to need. Those little plastic covers. I didn't buy one. Cause I was like, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I should have probably bought one, but I didn't. So here we go. Walking through the jungle. It was like a 20 minute walk. It was easy. It's not a difficult path at all, but the guide is going to point out the flora and the fauna, and then that leads you to the boat. So onto the boat we go, you get your life jacket. Okay. Um, and then they start steering and this is how you get so wet. First of all, seeing the falls like from, I don't know, the river is another experience where you're just going to be like, oh my gosh, because <laughs> it's just, it's so powerful, you know, and you get that like splash back. Oh my God. It's just, oh. you guys go to Brazil. <laughs> so seeing the falls from that perspective for me would have been like fantastic enough. It would have been great. Um, but if you're asking, but how did all these people get so incredibly wet? This is why they steer the boat directly under the falls, right? So it's not just like a little splashback. You are getting beat <laughs> by water. And I would say this, falls hurt, you know, that water has some force, it has some power. So I was just like shielding myself and you're, I guess, keep your mouth closed, hold your breath, whatever. <laughs> but it was an amazing experience. So they've got like one guy driving or steering and then one guy with a GoPro who's like, you know, filming the whole thing and the reaction. So they take pictures of everybody, um, of course, with the point of selling it to you afterwards. And of course I bought the footage because <laughs> everything, I decided not to take out my phone, not to get my GoPro because mine doesn't have that protective uh, box anymore. I lost my waterproof box and I was just like praying. Um, I just wrapped it, wrapped it, wrapped it in my plastic thing that it didn't get wet. Luckily, both of those things survived. But when uh, I stepped off the boat, it was just like, you know, you could wring me out. That's how wet uh, that experience was. But after that sweaty, sweaty, you know, path, whatever, scenic walk, hike um, to see the Iguazu Falls, it was like the perfect kind of refresh, refreshment to kind of, you know, have that <laughs> water knock you about. So that was my day in Brazil in the Iguazu Falls. I would highly recommend it. Um, it's, I guess, 
Again, I don't have a bucket list, but if I did, that would probably be on it. It is espectacular. Wow. Just wow. So that was um, Iguazu Falls. So the trip um, was planned quite like do, 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 at, a, at a quick pace, which I'm normally a slower traveler, but okay, this quicker pace, I can adapt. No problem. So I wasn't sure if I would have time for the Argentinian side because I had a flight the next day, but my flight wasn't until the afternoon. So I was like, is it worth it to go? Because I'm going to have to like um, cross the border into Argentina. They're a lot stricter with their process. And, you know, I'm going to have to like go to the change money. And I was just thinking of all the things I would have to do early in the morning to go to the falls and then to get to the airport. And because the Brazilian side was so, like I said, it was hot and humid. <laughs> I would have had to check out of my Brazilian hotel, right? Go to the falls, go straight to the airport. I was like, I don't want to be in anybody's airport like this, in this condition that I was. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I need to see it from the Argentinian side. I just put like a quick change of clothes and my carry-on in case I was, you know, disgusting um, on the way to the airport. <laughs> so luckily I was able to call my taxi, my private taxi driver, uh, Marcelo, but he wasn't available. He's like, hey, my brother Arnaldo will be there to take you. And this man is a gem. He is a jewel. He is an angel. He made the process so easy. Swooped me up from the hotel. It's like, equals and falls? Yes. Argentinian side? Yes. Okay. Do you have peso? No, I don't. Don't worry. I know a place. He took me. I got my peso changed at a really great rate above market. Thank you, Arnaldo. And then he walked me through the process of the border. So... Brazil is pretty lax with their border rules. Argentina is not. <laughs> if you're coming to Argentina, be prepared because they have some rules. Luckily, the PCR test I took to get into Brazil was still, um, uh, it was still, I don't know what I'm trying to say, active, relevant. I could still use it to get into Argentina. So everything has to be printed. You have to do their online form. And I printed that out as well. Um, so the, and they just opened the borders actually just a couple weeks before, um, my arrival, which was a really lucky timing. Um, so I was even able to get into Argentina because before it wouldn't have been possible. They had really like a strict lockdown and COVID uh, procedures. So to cross the border between Brazil and Argentina, you have to stop first at like this little, I don't want to call it a hut. It's like a tent. <laughs> It's a portable processing building. Okay. And they, they were kind enough to like set up little tents. So you're not, you know, standing in the sun and burning. Um, and it looks a bit like, oh my God, this is going to take forever. But honestly, from the time that we stood in line, because Arnaldo like stood in line with me, such a sweet guy. And uh, we went through the process. So because I'm crossing by taxi, they needed his information as well. They want to know how you're crossing, if it's a flight, if it's by land, they need the number, they need the documents, they want to know where you're staying, they want to know for how long, they want to know a phone number, they want to know all the things. Luckily, I had been on the website and I had everything printed, prepared, and on the phone, just in case. So after standing and going through the process in that little portable building, 
I was given a ticket, we got back into the car, and then we drove across the border where you have to, again, show all the documents. And this is where the immigration officer, boom, gives you your exit stamp. On the road again. (laughs) COVID travel, you guys, it is no joke. If you're going to do it, just have it in your mind that it's you're going to have to go through some processes. So anyway, we get to the uh, Argentinian side. He gives me a number of a friend that can take me to the airport when I'm finished. And the airport is just 15 minutes away. So it's really easy from the Iguazu Falls on the Argentine side. Um, and they also have, remember I checked out of the hotel. So they have a room where you can, again, get a locker and put your bag, suitcase, whatever. And it was like $5. Ugh, thank you for that option. So I, I only had a few hours I couldn't do all the paths because remember in Argentina, you have lots more paths. In Brazil, it's like start, finish. This is your only option to see the falls. But in Argentina, because they have so many falls, you can take an easy path. You can take a walk through the forest. You can take a medium path, a difficult path, a whatever path. So I hopped on their little train, two, two. It was like 20 minutes to arrive to devil's throat. Whoa. This is the big kind of iconic fall. Like if you're looking from Brazil and you see that, you're like, wow. But in Argentina, you know not only see it, you're like, you're in it. So um, I can't even, how can I explain this? Mm. There's like a platform where you can walk quite close to the falls and the force of the water hitting the water below, just like it, uh, Reverbs? Is that a is that a is that a word? What am I looking for? Anyway, it bounces up <laughs> with such force that it it feels like it's raining. It feels like you're in a thunderstorm. So again, this is your second chance to get incredibly wet <laughs> seeing Iguazu Falls. But I don't know. It's just like the sheer force of that waterfall was amazing. It was spectacular. To use my favorite adjective. Um, so my whole kind of view of that was about, uh, or my whole journey on the Argentinian side was about, um, three hours total that, that was, you know, getting, I had the ticket already again, book in advance, um, putting my stuff in the locker, taking the train, it's 20 minutes up, 20 minutes back. And then from the train to the falls is another 15, 20 minute walk through, I don't know, the forest. Anyway, there's lots of nature. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. And another really funny thing that happened on the Argentinian side that did not happen on the Brazilian side is fans. You guys, I have fans. <laughs> I can't tell you the amount of people that were like, oh my gosh, can I get a photo with you? And I was like, wait, what? Que guapa eres, wow. Que cosita, tiquitita, So I stopped and took pictures with everybody. And if you remember in Mexico, this happened and I was like, oh, flip the script. I want a picture of you. If you have a picture of me, I get a picture of you. So I have, you know, pictures of the people that wanted to take pictures with me. And there was this whole like group of uh, kids. They all had like the same kind of outfit, these like coordinated t-shirts. And then obviously their teachers are chaperones and everybody wanted a picture individually group. We did, we did our own little photo shoot. And I kind of leaned over and asked one of the chaperones, I was like, why does everybody keep asking for my picture? He was like, oh, don't you know you're famous? And I was like, oh, did the Kimmy Travels podcast already reach Brazil? Oh, I mean, Argentina. Oh, that's wonderful. Love it. Uh, so anyway, they don't have a lot of uh, black or brown people in Argentina. There's a whole history of that. Feel free to look that up. 
Um, every country has their history. So when they do see um, somebody of my hue, they get really excited. And then you're treated like a celebrity or, <laughs> or whatever. So I took a lot of pictures with people. I took a lot of pictures at the falls and it was simply amazing. So back on the train I go and I did have to change because it was like, I was like, it was pretty gross after the whole devil's throat shower. And then I went to the airport. And from there, you'll have to tune in to episode three to see where was the next destination. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to episode two of Kinyoka. Remember, enjoy the journey. Thanks for listening to the Kimmy Travels podcast. We have a listener survey available on the site right now. So if you love me, let me know. And if you have any feedback or suggestions, okay, you can also let me know. As always, you can catch the podcast on all the platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and rate. Uh, Five stars is best. (laughs) All right, everybody. Until the next time, remember... Enjoy the journey.